St. Germain, the hot midday sun shines relentlessly, heaping the cobblestones in the streets and dappling the grass between the forest trees. In true Spanish fashion, Queen Maria Teresa is taking her siesta, and all the court follow her example. The sentinels at the palace gates in the trim uniform of the royal musketeers pace slowly to and fro, yawning as they pace, and envying mightily their two comrades of duty lounging against the wall nearby. It is one of these two who finally wakes up sufficiently to nudge his companion and say, Ekrivo, wake up. Open your eyes. Look over there towards the tennis court. What would you call that queer figure? Well, oh, oh, I, I see. <laughs> why, why, it's a real-life Breton fresh from the country, if I'm not mistaken. You could always sell a Breton, Eric, course by the wide-brimmed hat and the feather of it. And are they all that size? Look at him, a giant by Jove. Yes, it must be infernally tough not to be drunk to a crisp of this heat. Those hot enough roasted joints. Oh, he's coming this way. Wake up, Ekrivo. He must have business with us. Oh, who'd want to discuss business in this weather? Uh, gentlemen, may I ask a question of you? Do you belong to one of the companies of the Royal Musketeers? You were right, a countryman. We do, as our uniforms should tell you. We are at your service, good Betty. I only wanted to know if you, or any of your companions, had any knowledge of one Captain D'Artagnan. Captain D'Artagnan? D'Artagnan? The pride of the regiment. The man whose colors we have the honor to guard. Why, nobody has ever led the Musketeers into more glory and with more energy and fatherly love. You ask if we know D'Artagnan? Why, his memory is preserved as that of our most brilliant officer. You make me proud and happy. For the officer you speak of was my father's friend. In that event, we compliment you. For the captain was not prodigal of his friendship. And no man could win it who had not also won his spurs of knighthood on the field of battle. One word more. You speak of the captain's memory as if he were dead. Why, he has been out of the army list these 20 years. It is only by legends of the mess room that we know of his exploit. He was killed by a cannonball in Friesland at the very instant when His Majesty's messenger handed him the patent and function of a marshal of France. Dead. I should have expected it. And yet it makes my heart ache. But, gentlemen, tell me, do these names mean aught to you? Aramis? Porthos? Athos. Athos? Porthos? Well, I should remember them if I had heard strange names like that. They mean nothing to me. But wait. Might not these belong to the intrepid musketeers we call the inseparables? Ecrivo. You remember the story of D'Artagnan of the siege of La Rochelle? Why, yes. Our comrades set up a dinner napkin as a standard on the walls they were defending. Could these be the bandages? It all happened so long ago. We were not born then. Yet there is one might know. Our corporal, Monsieur de Bregui. 
He is not always in a talkative mood. Not when he has left his money on the card table. Right. Talk of the wolf and you will see his ears. Here he comes now. You're right. Then my luck is good. I would not count on it, Breton. The old bear has cocked his hat awry. Sure token is more angry than usual. How now, me pretty pages? Is it thus you conduct yourselves at the palace gate? Since when in the devil's name have the orders been for soldiers to chat with civilians? Corporal, this gentleman wants to speak with you. Oh, what gentleman? I see none. I come from Master Bolaron. That vendor of wine and meats in the Rue Paris Mule. <laughs> I fancy I owe him some twelve pistols. But if you come to dun me, I can tell you that you'd have acted wiser to stay in his cellar and drain his biggest time. I, I know nothing of your death, Corporal. What do you know, then, by the horns of Beelzebub? It did not seem to me that you were tongue-tied as I came up. I am endeavoring to tell you. Well, speak up, then, for I've more to do than gossip with civilians. Knowing of your length of service with the musketeers, I wondered if you could enlighten me about three comrades-at-arms who called themselves Athos, Porthos, and Aramis. Athos, Porthos, and... Of course I remember them. I don't forget things like the young fools of the day. I remember all. Can you tell me, then, who they were? Athos was a nobleman. No count of some place I've forgotten. Who took the shine out of all of us with his sovereign style and magnificent manners. Which did not save him from dying like an old dog in his mansion in Blessois. And the other two? Aramis was a priest. Who sometimes wore a musketeer's uniform. And Porthos was a beefeater, a giant. Thank God that you are not lenient, your old companion. Then why should I be? They were the ones who enjoyed the plums. But, but what of Aramis and Porthos? Yeah. Aramis became a bishop, and Porthos a baron. Royal favors that they hastened to requite with rebellion and ingratitude. Rebellion? What do you mean? They were mixed up with Fouquet in a great conspiracy. They were the leaders who defended Belle Isle against the king's men. Why, I've seen the sentence which condemned the pair to death for treason. Porthos, a, a traitor? Impossible. You are a liar. What? No man shall call me that. Nor shall you say Porthos was a traitor and live. By treason he committed. He was a traitor. You lie. And with my sword, I'll prove it to you. Gentlemen, gentlemen, think what you're about. Going sword before a royal residence. My sword shall not be sheathed till I avenge the honor of my father. You have spoken words which make you equal to me in age, and for which you must answer. I know what it entails. I stand my ground. That is the bell which will release my sentry. Monsieur de Champagnac and Gas, this stranger and I are going to take a stroll for the good of our health. When you are relieved by the Swiss guard, leave your muskets in the guardhouse and join us in the forest. You understand? Yes, Corporal. Good. Monsieur Decrevo and Jericor will also come with us. We will go singly so as not to attract undue attention. We will meet at St. Fiacre's Oak. 
Is it understood? We will be there, Corporal. Come on, then, stranger. Let us go. As I have said, for the good of our health. Yes, we have arrived. Gentlemen, two of you will kindly act as seconds to our, our young fighting cock here, while the others stand by me. Ikuro and I will stand by the Breton. It is understood that you are not to interfere whatever takes place, save as the second's duty regulates, and testify of need that the fight was properly managed and that I dispatch this Gentlemen, according to the rules. We understand. Good. My sword is ready. And I am ready for you, monsieur. My friend, you have but little time to live, and yet you are so anxious to begin. I have been taught tis foolishness to bet upon the outcome of a duel before tis fought. <laughs> there is no doubt of this one, boy. Look at the faces of your seconds. Do you not want to send messages, then, by these gentlemen before we begin? I see no need. Very well. Then look to it. I mean to. He fights well, the Breton. He does not wince under the attack. He seems to stand like a statue with a mechanical arm playing the sword. Well, the will not have the easy task, he thought. Come, come. You did not expect that, eh? Huh. I did intend only to lay you up for a few weeks. But now I see I shall have to finish you off completely. Guard yourself! He is an expert. Oh, the lad stands no chance. Experience tells in this game, and he is confident. Yes, experience oh. and confidence are hard to beat. Tom uses trust, I thought none but a master till would know. See, he is more sure of himself as the fight goes on. Why, you're right. And the corporal loses assurance as his opponent gains it. Hey, watch. This is quick enough. The break is on the ground. Now a man has youth upon his side. And strength. Death of my life, see that? Oh, no! Lost his sword. The break has lost his sword. Such a thrust, straight as a line it was. He's dead. Now wait, he tries to speak. Thrust. Oh, poor son. Uh, he is dead. Yes. Nothing can be done. Nothing. What did he mean? The thrust of Porthos. Was it the strong, straight thrust you used to end the fight? It, it must have been. Though I'd not heard it called that name before. Porthos, my father... Taught it to a man who first put sword into my hand, and he taught me how to use it. Porthos, your father. I have avenged his name. In fair and valiant fight. Monsieur, you fought bravely. You will do well to leave this place as soon as may be. The royal edicts against dueling are strict. And the constabulary here are not to be trifled with. I cannot run away. You'd best go now while there's yet time. If we are questioned, we have seen nothing. De Breguet must have been killed by some stranger. Do you agree, comrades? Of course. Yes. Then go, my friend, before you are caught. 
would be a sin indeed if such a gallant fighter were confined in the Bastille. Very well, then. I'll go, for I must be back in Paris before Vespers. Paris? My friends go further afield than that. You are of a build that people notice. And though we keep our silence, others must have noticed you. I cannot go further than Paris. I have... I have business there. Very well. I can do no more. But believe me, to kill a musketeer in the Queen's own woods is not a small thing. Monsieur, I warn you, you are in grave danger. Mm-hmm.